Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm your host, Anne Griffith, and I'm joined once again by our jet-setting royal follower, Russell Myers. Hi, Anne. How are you doing? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, So our regular listeners will remember that last week we caught up with Russell when he'd got back from his Middle East visit with Prince William. Well, Prince William's Middle East visit, really, but, you know... It was Russell that was definitely along for the ride, and that was definitely the big news. But uh, he has been away adventuring again this week with Meghan and Harry. So that's going to be the main subject for our discussion today. But again, those of you who are listening last week will remember we were very excited because England had actually won a penalty shootout at the World Cup. And um, since then, things had got even more optimistic, even more optimistic. And then today we're all a bit deflated because the uh, World Cup dream has come to an end, which does mean that William's not in a tricky position of really wanting to be in Russia for the World Cup final, but being sort of banned diplomatically, essentially, by the uh, the ongoing diplomatic tensions with Russia. But he, um, one of the things I found really nice before last night's ultimately um, disappointing match against Croatia was uh, Prince William sent a good luck video message in which he um, he kind of came across as really quite normal just even in the language that he was using you know you've done great I think was the phrase that sort of sounded not really very royal what did you think Russell of the the messages he was sending well so we'd seen him uh, send a few messages on Twitter and then obviously this video message came out uh, just before the game um, and I think he showed, showed himself, of, you know, who he is essentially. He's a, he's a massive football fan. Um, we'd all been guilty of being caught up um, in sort of the the fever pitch of it all, and um, of hoping for the best, really. And uh, that, yeah, we've been drying our eyes. It must be said today. Um, it was uh, it was a great occasion while it lasted, but I think yeah, we, we won't go too too much on the football. But it, it was. Um, we, we we all were allowing ourselves to get carried away, but it was a, it really brought the country together, and I think he was sharing a lot of our sentiments really uh, about how well this team has performed. And let's be honest, it's been a great great place to be in, in England at the moment. Everyone's been uh, we've been enjoying some amazing weather, which we're not used to, and this the whole tournament's been fantastic, and this team especially have been have been great and um as he said i think he said um you know a new generation is enjoying the magic of this world cup the whole country is right behind you tonight come on england it's coming home well unfortunately it didn't come home but this this tournament really was one of the best uh what well, isn't it the best in, in in living memory it's been a fantastic occasion a lot have been made about russia and the as you've touched upon the diplomatic tensions that have uh, existed over the last few months and and, and obviously can still continue to to be a major factor but um it, it, taking it at face value the, the tournament's been spectacular england have outdone themselves performed amazingly well and it and it really has acted as um yeah, a, a huge uh, unity uh, moment for the for the country over the last few weeks and and yeah I'm just a bit gutted that it's all over to be honest but yeah. um, I'm yeah, sure we'll see on. I'm sure we'll see Prince William um, joining up with the England squad before too long probably maybe at their next their next get together but yeah definitely I mean you talked about the sort of the feel good factor this summer which there definitely has been and it kind of started I guess with Meghan and Harry's royal wedding and they've been very much part of that 
you know, excitement and Britain feeling good about itself this summer or finding, you know, finding the really happy things to cling on to in what is sometimes difficult times as we face up to Brexit and the changing world and all that kind of thing. And, you know, Meghan and, Meghan and Harry have been part of it again this week with their first official um, trip abroad. Definitely, um, definitely. The I think Duchess well, of Sussex. Well, we, we, we saw, you know, Britain is at its best, really, with the wedding and how spectacular that, uh, you know, the Windsor looked during the day. Um, you know, the, 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 the tens and tens of thousands of people who had gathered um, to, to witness that historic occasion. And, and, you know, let's be honest, it, it looked unbelievable. It looked like a sort of a fantasy land of you know, people waving flags and the weather was spectacular. And, you know, that has really followed them forward. I think it's, um, you know, Meghan and Harry are arguably two of the most famous people in the world right now. Everyone wants to come out and see them. And it was no different in Dublin as well. They were, there was, you know, really large crowds um, to support them wherever they went over this two-day trip, whether that was arriving at the airport, people lining the streets waiting to, to see them. And yeah, let's say, Meghan is Hollywood, isn't she? She's got this sort of A-list quality about her. And um, Harry's sort of been a little bit moving himself into the background and letting her take a lot of the uh, the limelight, as you will. But they're working particularly well as a as a double act. They're, they're going to be doing this a, a lot more over the next few months. And um, yeah, it was it was certainly a great reception for them wherever they went. And and and, and going back to the football, Harry was asked about our oh, chances and um, cheekily said that he th- he believed that it was coming home. And I think that helped. You know, break the ice at certain moments and um, make them. Yeah, obviously, William's been uh, talking about the football quite a lot, and that had endeared him to a lot of people. And, and Harry and Meghan were were keen to get involved in that bit of the action as well. And so, I mean, you mentioned them being a, a double act. What um, what was it like seeing them up close? Because you've not, you know, you've not been on a huge number of engagements with them so far. How did they operate as a as a duo at these different events? So I think we spoke, uh, you know, when I went to Cheshire and that was my sort of first uh, walk around with them. And Megan is, you know, when you see her up close with the crowd, she's really, really warm. She's very personable. She's attentive. She takes her time. She introduces herself to everybody she's meeting, doesn't assume that anybody will know who she is. No airs and graces about her. And uh, when Harry and Megan were uh, walking a lot, they're holding hands a lot of the time. They're obviously yeah, they're newlyweds, aren't they? They should be fantastically in love, and that that uh, um, that definitely shows through to over their personalities. That they're again they're taking the time to listen and, and to, uh, attentively wherever they're going. They had um, several different engagements, as is the course with a royal tour. You know, there's a bit of politics there. There's a bit of sport. Um, they went to go and meet some children at a tech centre, um, and they saw um, some other cultural events of sort of Irish life, if you will. So, yeah, the typical royal tour in that sense. But they, again, when they're doing the meet and greets, the walk arounds, people can't get enough of them. And I think they really do. They're, they're, they're feeding off that at the moment. And let's be honest. Megan, this is her first you know, foray over the last few months into royal life. And when we saw her in Cheshire with the Queen, not necessarily too um, comfortable with the royal protocol uh, in such moments of when she didn't know whether to get in the car first or last after the Queen. And she's sort of finding her feet as she goes along. But Harry's by her side. He's making her feel 
um, relaxed and and I think she's she's doing she's doing really really well and um, taking it in a stride as, as as they go on. And when I look at um, Harry and Meghan together, you I feel like you get a sense of Harry being immensely proud that this is the woman that he's got alongside him in life and in his and in his working life now as well. Did you get that feeling as well? Or what was the sort of Definitely, I think you know. There's a mute. There's a mutual respect there that you can just see. You know, we've, we've also we've all seen a load of these photos of the way she looks on, looks at him really lovingly and attentively, and, and vice versa. Whether that was standing at the altar at the marriage, standing on the balcony um, of Buckingham Palace recently, um, yesterday, uh, yesterday on Tuesday when the, we had the Aria fly past again on the balcony these little loving glimpses between them and they are really supporting each other in this i mean this is harry's he's used to um, royal occasions royal tours being out in public but the fact is he's he's chosen someone to be with him and i imagine that was a massive step for him to, to 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 not only choose a partner in life but someone who can really get and understand and be on board with the whole aspect of royal life and duty and what that means and you know, Megan's had to give up her career to to do this and that that's you know that's no mean feat of her you know, we all make sacrifices maybe in a relationship and a partnership but to to give up your your whole career of what you're all about to then launch into this whole new aspect of life has um, been particularly uh, important to, to him as well as well as her and um and I, and I think it's working really, really well for them. Yeah, it's by no means an ordinary life, is it? And you've got no. all of these people watching and you know, there's all of this sort of love and enthusiasm for Meghan and Harry, the newlyweds, the new glamorous couple of the royal family. And obviously all anybody wants to know now, really, is when they're going to have a baby. So any time you have the pictures of um, Meghan and Harry and inevitably there are children at all of these events and there's a sort of an extra attention maybe on on those moments do you think yeah it's, it's quite funny actually because one of the um walk arounds yesterday there was a um uh, a very sweet irish lady and uh, she she was commenting on harry's red hair and she said oh you're so handsome my husband's got red hair and um you know we went on to f- have five children so when are you going to get a move on and he sort of he was. He took it in his stride. Really, he laughed and he just said, "Gosh, I think fives are for too many for anyone." And, um, the, the, understandably, they're going to be these inevitable questions, and and they, they'll just have to take things into their stride. They're a young um, couple. I think they're, def- they're definitely going to dedicate themselves to this royal duty and really. Um, the, the wheels are in motion, isn't it? Every, everybody wants them to, to come to their part of the world or their part of the country. Loads of people are coming out to see them and they're really riding the crest of a wave at the moment. And I'm sure the Queen and the rest of the royal household are really keen for the public to, to connect with them and, and keep but, you know, putting them out there. And, and they're, they're, Meghan had said before that she was really keen to hit the ground running. And that I think over the next sort of six months to a year we're definitely going to see a lot of them doing the part the engagements whether that's all around the country we've got them going to the big tour in october which is going to take you know a huge amount of time and planning uh, australia fiji tonga and new zealand obviously again they're going to the invictus games which is um you know harry's uh, major project with injured s- service men and women and then we'll see uh, a few a few more engagements uh, across the country um, and, 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 and maybe then they'll have time to, to dedicate to, to family life. But I think, 
you know, who knows, but it's, it may not be on the agenda at the moment because they're keen to, to really put themselves out there whilst they're, um, whilst they're so popular. And uh, Royal fans did seize on one picture of um, from one of the receptions where Meghan had a glass of fizz, which you know looked very like a glass of champagne or some other similar bubbling drink, to say, no, she can't be pregnant because she's got a glass of fizz. So, uh... Well, and they shared half a pint of Guinness as well, So where they went to a local um, Irish uh, restaurant and they had some local food yesterday and they, they shared half a pint of Guinness. So, yeah, unfortunately, there, you know, there will be this speculation, I'm sure, but... Um, it's uh, yeah. I, I, I would, uh, if I was a betting man, I would say there's so much going on at the moment. Um, we, we, they, they are really dedicating themselves to to, to royal life and uh, their their duty at the moment. So, but you never know to watch this space. Well, yeah, as and as and when the time comes for them, I hope it all goes <laughs> smoothly because it's Very not, much so. not always a given. But um, so you mentioned the one conversation with the lady saying about her five children that she went on to have. Did you get any other insights into some of the conversations that Harry and Meghan were having with the crowds? Yes, we did. I mean, they, there was, um, I think, yeah, it's a, it a two-day, two sort of a whistle-stop tour, if you like, because obviously they were at uh, the um, the RAF centenary celebrations in London. They were, we saw them on the balcony for that spectacular fly pass in London. Then they were straight on a private jet uh, and flew into Dublin Airport at about five o'clock on, in the evening on Tuesday. Um, yeah, they they had a meeting with the with the T-shirt Leo Vardica uh, straight after that, and then Harry made a speech at the ambassador's residence that evening. Um, so that wasn't you know there was no walkarounds on the first day, but uh, the the second day was 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 really jam packed. They had a a meeting with Michael D Higgins, the president, in the morning. Great pictures of Meghan. Uh, lovingly stroking um, Michael D. Higgins' dogs at um, at the as at the presidential residence. But then straight after that, there was engagement after engagement at Croke Park, and uh, which is the world-famous Gaelic football stadium, where they met a load of children, sports stars, cultural stars. Then they did a walkabout at Trinity College, and this is where we see well, it's their first foreign trip together. And um, you know, again, hundreds of people out coming to see them. Uh, as I think that we're, we're going to definitely see more and more people come out to see them wherever they go. But um, they're particularly, I think, you know, we, we know from Meghan's causes that she's really interested in equality, diversity, women's issues. And there was a particular point at um, a place called the Dogpatch Labs in Dublin, which is a technology centre trying to get children and women into the technology sector. And one of the workshops they'd set up was a diversity engagement uh, project. And both Meghan and Harry really spoke passionately with the children as young as sort of 10 and 11 who are into coding and um, and spoke really passionately about the, how they how they thought it was really important about education and children. And I think with the uh, with their own foundation as well, that I think that's what we're going to see Megan get really um, uh, interested in and taking forward and, and really owning that sector of the of the foundation. So um, I, if I was to predict, I think that she will find her niche within um, her own uh, charitable causes, and, and, and we'll definitely see her walking working towards something with women and children and and diversity. Um. The, the Whistle Stop store did say a, uh, a large array of outfits, but we're not going to talk about those um, today. I'm going to get together with uh, Danielle and Amber for a fashion special tomorrow so that we can go through them in all of the detail and really focus 
in um, in our chat, Russell, on on what they did and who they met and and the conversations and kind of the the impressions that they that they made of Ireland. So. Um, so do you know sub- subscribe to the show if you want the uh, the fashion bulletin to follow this one um but the you mentioned about meeting the the teacher and michael d higgins how did the political element of the of the tour go do you feel was i mean was this part of the brexit um charm offensive and all of that kind of thing and building relations because obviously Ireland and the Northern Irish border is one of the key key stumbling blocks and problems and headaches for the UK leaving the EU. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know that we with the Cambridges and now the Sussexes, we've got some um, you know uh, four young people who are really in tune with how the way the world is working, and obviously we are in particularly fraught political times on on several um, factors at the moment and there's no denying that Brexit is a huge challenge for for, for all of us ahead and um, when you've got two politically savvy people like Harry and Meghan um, then it's it's, you know it's it's a good idea to use them and definitely the, the we we often talk about how the royals are supposed to be apolitical or above politics, but undoubtedly that they're they're going to be um, having to take her to, to to take certain um, issues head on, and, and and definitely they did do that. Um, you know, speaking to go going to the t-shirt, going to meet the president, that is quite um, symbolic, really. Even if we weren't privy to the to the private conversations they were having but it's it's very symbolic in terms of the places they were going you know the things they were learning about and the artifacts from the bloody sunday massacre of course the history behind the uh, the croke park stadium where they were at and then obviously they're going to this in immigration museums talking to local people talking about the history and the bond between the two countries and definitely that um yeah, when, when Harry was making his speech at the ambassador's residence, he was talking about the very, very uh, shared history of, even though it is long and complex, he was saying, um, you know, as each other's closest neighbours, the UK and Ireland's relationship is unique. Our shared history is long and co- complex. They have been, of course, challenging and at times tragic periods of that relationship. But then went on to you know, echo the sentiments of his grandmother when she came to the region in recent years and really talking about the bond that we share as a people. So even though they're not specifically talking about the Brexit situation, they're really enforcing that notion of you know, we have a shared history um, and, and, and common goals that we need to work towards. And, and hopefully that we, you would imagine that that will echo uh, throughout the political sphere and, and as we're trying to move forward and um, try and... Sort of make a, uh, some sense of what will happen with our with the relationship between the the north, south, and indeed the rest of the UK moving forward for Brexit. And I think there was there was some suggestion from one Irish politician that um, Meghan might have expressed her opinion around the abortion referendum that happened recently. Which yes, uh, it, there was a bit of bit of controversy in there. I mean, there was one of the senators who had um, you know put out a tweet in haste, shall we say, um, about Meghan's uh, uh, displaying a, a certain view about the recent referendum about abortion laws but um she she then ended up deleting it and um, there was a bit of confusion about well, you know, what was actually said my my own personal view this was that it would it maybe was said and megan had you know we've we've seen her talking about issues particularly like that maybe women's issues in the past that's definitely a cause that is close to her heart um 
but uh, I, I think it became a bit of an embarrassing faux pas on the politician's point, um, which is end up why she ended up deleting the tweet and backtracking it. But my my own personal view is it, it may have happened. But um, I th- it, you know Megan hasn't shied away from talking about issues close to her heart in the past. But um, it was a it was a sort of a private snapshot that was probably put into the public sphere. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm, I would if I was to hazard a guess, I would I would say that that would be something that Megan would be interested interested in um but you know maybe not uh, talking about it and this trip was, was probably a, a, a something that she would have wanted to do publicly absolutely um and they they met sporting royalty on their visit as well really didn't they Brian was brian o'driscoll one of the uh, one of the people they met along the way I don't know. They 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 met um, one of the guys from the uh, the Irish Gaelic Football uh, Association, one of the legends of um, uh, the the Irish um, the, Ga- the Gaelic the, the football game. Um, I'm not sure whether they met Brian Disco. As I think I've explained before, you can't be at all these places at once. So some of them are um, sort of divvied up between the royal correspondence between other newspapers. I, I managed to get a, around to quite a lot of the events yesterday, but uh, such is the nature. We're all not travelling in motorcades, unfortunately, with police riders, so we're sort of packed onto buses like school children sometimes. <laughs> and it's kind of like a really badly organised school trip for adults and, you know, burly cameramen with lots of camera gear trudging along, sort of uh, mostly unhappy most of the time because they've got to, to carry all their own gear. But we managed to get to quite a, to a few of the engagements. I did a uh, Croke Park Trinity College, which was great. Um, the uh, the famine memorial, which was particularly sombre, um, as you would well imagine. And Meghan and Harry listening intently to the sort of um, the uh, educational lesson that they were being given right on the banks of the Liffey. But um, and then we were and then we obviously went to the dog patch labs, which was the technology centre where um, all these incredible children learning to code were giving demonstrations to, to both of them for a couple of hours, which was which was really interesting, actually. So what was your what was your personal highlight from this visit? It was um, I th- I, just touching upon that. The, the, the fact the famine memorial um, was was a really sombre moment, actually. They you know, they'd just come from um, the uh, Croke Park and Trinity College and doing this uh, walkabout meeting, you know, the, their first foreign walkabout meeting, um, Irish people having that joke with the with the local woman about the children. And then when you go to the to the famine memorial, it's um as I said, it's on the on the banks of the river, right in the city centre, and it's um it's a really um, sombre place to be. I mean, it's it's goes back to 1845 when the, uh, Ireland had its worst famine, you know, the, the Great Famine they they call it, last for, lasted for five years between um, 1845 to 1849 50. And that really shaped the history of Ireland as a country, and it's um, it's definitely something that um, is in, embedded within the fabric of society in, in Ireland. You know, they, they lost one million people to emancipation, and and another a million Irish left the country through emigration at the time. So they, they the, the the fabric of the country changed. They lost about 25, 30 percent of the population at the time, and. And it's really embedded into the history and the relationship with um, Britain and Ireland and the rest of Europe and, and how they dealt with that. So 
Uh, and you would imagine um, most people wouldn't have known about that. Maybe uh, Harry's never been to Ireland. Maybe he'd heard about it in passing. And but the actual um, nuts and bolts of the, the lesson that they were given, you could see it had affected him and Meghan quite deeply. And, and so witnessing that up close, you got a sense of you know. The, I'm sure that would have been something that they would have talked about later in the in the, the day or evening during their private moments together. Um, and then they went straight to this uh, the immigration museum, and then they they met all these incredible children at this um, at the technology centre. And you could definitely tell that um, Harry and Meghan were were really interested in in meeting all these you know incredible um, kids who were learning all this amazing computer wizardry. And uh, and I, I definitely think moving forward, that's something they're going to be interested in. We've seen that with um, with Harry and his. Uh, um, involvement with Centre Valley, the, the the children's charity in Africa, he has, um, and I think that's something that you know, Megan will share and and uh, that, that they'll they'll start doing together. So it's their first foreign trip together. So yeah, it's, ticked it's off. Done. Ticked off. Success. Yeah, major success. Loads of people love them. Um, you know, the, the weather was uh, pretty pretty nice in Ireland. It's they, they've been enjoying some of the sort of after effects of our heat wave as well. Lots of people out in the streets. Lots of um, you know cheers, flag waving, and I think they yeah it was a great success. We're going to see you know it's, it's definitely teeing them up for um, a few big events in the next few months, and then obviously the big one comes in October, um, and. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, it's it's all going swimmingly well for them at the moment, and long may that continue. Absolutely. There's a, um, details announced this week as well of another event or another cause that's close to Prince Harry's heart around HIV, um, travelling to Amsterdam, I think. Amsterdam, yeah. Later this summer. So that will be an interesting one to watch. Do you know whether you're going to get to go on that one, or is that one that we're going to find out in the course of course of time whether you'll be I, I think yeah, we, 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 we'll, we'll take a decision on it over the next few weeks and um, and see what else is going on it's definitely a busy period for the Royals we've got um, Camilla and Charles in Cornwall over the next few uh, I think next week and, and there's um, there's certainly a lot going on so we'll um, we'll uh, we'll sort out our diaries and then I'll, uh, I'll let you know what we can uh, get we can get to and then we can we, we can report on and it's been a, a busy week for the uh, the Cambridges as well. Um, Harry and Meghan joined the christening of the youngest Cambridge on Monday, Louis, um, who seemed to be sleeping like an angel throughout the whole thing. I know Prince Louis. He you know just as eleven weeks old, he's um he was uh, he was asleep throughout the whole thing. It was um <clears throat> he everyone joined in in sort of that um you know, waiting to see what, what who would be invited, who would be the godparents um, at the christening. Um, and they've gone from some re- re- really close friends and a couple of you know family members uh, from, on Kate's side, um, and yeah, he, he was an absolute dream throughout the whole thing. He just managed to sleep, and it was over. It was all over pretty quickly. Um, uh, but you said, yeah, some of the great pictures coming out again. He was a, he was an absolute joy for them. No crying whatsoever. We were told. And uh, I think by the time you've got to baby number three, when you're a royal, you've kind of done. I mean, they've got quite a lot of cousins, so there's there's been some cousins for the earlier um, uh, earlier children, and you know, Pippa and and James, I think, involved as well. But now I think Prince Louis, I feel like he's got all of the naughty godparents. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, but uh, you know, um, probably true. We've got you know people like Guy Pelly, who's the infamous um, uh, f- f- former nightclub owner. Um, 
keeper of secrets, he's been called in the past. He's been fiercely loyal to both William and Harry, and that seems to have been repaid um, by making him one of Prince Louis's godparents. There's um, some other childhood friends of William's who have um, been particularly loyal throughout his whole uh, adolescence and adulthood. Nicholas Van Custom, one of four Van Custom brothers who are all friends with the royals. And Harry Aubrey Fletcher, again, who's uh, been to school with William. Um, and then on uh, Kate's side, you've got Lucy Middleton, who's her cousin, uh, is, a, is also a lawyer. And, and they've gone for people who they, who they feel particularly comfortable with and not necessarily um, you know, no members of the royal family in there, just... Um, just really close mates, it would seem. Which is which is really nice and normal. And um, so, all of Kate's family were at the christening, and Harry and Meghan were there, um, and uh, Charles and Camilla and Kate's parents. But there was no wider royal. Family no, there wasn't. There. No, it was a pre- pretty closed affair and a pretty quiet one as well as I mentioned it was over all over in 40 minutes in and out um, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh weren't in attendance apparently that wasn't um, you know there's no health issues for Her Majesty but obviously she's had a particularly busy week we had a cancelling and engagement at um, St Paul's because she was feeling under the weather you know last week um, uh, then she was a uh, week before last and then she obviously had a really busy week in Holyrood in Scotland then spent the weekend in Sandringham, but then this week's been jam-packed once again. You know, the centenary celebrations of the RAF, and then obviously Trump's visit over the next couple of days. So she would have been wanting to be on tip-top form, and as as I understand it from palace sources, this had been in um, uh, agreed with um, the, William and Kate quite some time ago when they were planning on the best date to have the christening. So the, you know there wasn't any uh, issues or untoward reasons why she wasn't there. It's just that. Um, and as you said, it's the third christening that they've had now. And I imagine she's been to a fair few. So maybe she was given um, a, a bit of leeway on attending Louise as well. And, and anyway, he slept through the whole thing. So he wouldn't have known. Anything know. Afternoon off for good behaviour. Exactly. Her yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure next week we will probably end up talking a little bit at least about the visit of, of Donald Trump, who has just touched down not long ago. But um, thank you for bringing us up to speed on all things My pleasure. All things Ireland. And we look forward to talking to you again very soon. Definitely, but, definitely. Look forward to it. But until next time... On Save the Queen! 